no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Hello and welcome to a podcast called Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape, episode 101. Oh, man. Uh, woof. Had a big Calendrum. landmark. How, how thankful are you that that's over? Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty happy. You know, you know what's a, a great tip for all you wannabe podcasters out there? If you want to make for great entertainment, take a 45-minute nap before you have to hit record so you're extra groggy. <laughs> or, you know, extra refreshed. Extra refreshed you could be. I mean, I learned today that that napping midday despised as a child, cherished as an adult, um, because the world's gone fucking crazy. And we talk way too much about Twitter. But that's a sidebar that I'm not going to get into tonight, because here we're going to stay focused on the task at hand. Kind of related about music. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to talk about, because that's what we talk about on this podcast. I'm Larry. That's Rob. so I had an idea for a podcast tonight it was vetoed so hard. I mean, he just vetoed it so hard because this might be the last time we have a chance to do this and it'd be anything remotely timely. Um, we have done our best to sort of stay away from politics as a whole. Now, certainly we're going to, we're going to dip a toe in the water from time to time. Um, both of us lean the same way. Uh, one of us leans a lot further than the other, but is what it is. We try to keep out of that because Lord knows again, like I said about Twitter, you're, we're inundated with that kind of stuff. But uh, oh yeah, this song is a particular kind of special good. And if we wait too long, it won't be topical at all. And it will really feel weird for us to do it. So we're going to do it tonight. Um, and it's an excuse to get back in that old drive-by trucker bag, which we love to do <laughs> so, so much. I got to tell you, Shawnee, um, uh, the album that this comes from, I think, because they put out like two, like really close together. Yeah. I think this is on the new OK. Surprise. God, I hope this is on the new OK. It is. It is. Um, the first time I heard it, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. But, you know, whatever. This was clearly the standout the very first time I heard it, like fuck everything else. This thing here that we're going to talk about tonight is amazing, but I've, I've listened to it several times since then. And I got to tell you, it is a very good record. And not just because it's so topical and so finger on the pulse, like there's songs on there that aren't about the current goings on in the new. Okay. That are fucking bangers too, man. I get to grooving on Sea Island Lonely so hard that I have to catch myself. I'll get a shoulder, yeah. I'll get some sort of contusion. I'm grooving these shoulders so hard. And those shoulders, they can really, they can really, uh, they can move mountains. Uh, is all I'm gonna say. And uh, clearly, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much we love the drive-by truckers. But in particular, you know our affinity for Mike Cooley. Um, mm -hmm. This is Cooley's sole contribution to this record. Um, that we have theorized is only on the record because Cooley mailed a guitar with a USB drive to Patterson Hood somewhere so that this could be put onto the record. Um, if, but we a little, could, if we could set that up very, very briefly. Sure. So, Go ahead. One of the ways that we have gotten through the last year um, was every Wednesday on a service called Noon Chorus. And if you've never heard of that, that's a free plug from us to them, Noon Chorus for um, live stream concerts that will come right into your home devices. And these are not old footage. These are not pre-recorded in what we've seen. These are live things happening from the artist homes, which is something people have been doing. This is not the only service that does it, but on this particular service, um, Cooley and Patterson Hood of the Drive-By Truckers would alternate on Wednesday nights. And they would we would gather together um, we would pay one fee and steal from the drive-by truckers, our favorite band. We would steal from them. And three of us would get together and we'd watch these shows. And it was great. 
because they were just playing songs, telling stories, having a good time. But there was a stark contrast in the technical acumen between Cobra Heights' own Mike Cooley and Florence's own Patterson Hood. Patterson knew what he was doing. Patterson had meaning like how to how to um, stream, not necessarily technical playing. No, the the playing is the same. Yeah, Um, but no, 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 no. Cooley had no fucking clue what was ever going on. I'm convinced his wife was his IT director um, or maybe a child, but I, I was pretty sure I could hear a mature woman's voice kind of helping Cooley through some of this. And one night Cooley's stream just stopped for a half an hour and then magically came back up. But during that time, they released this secret album and uh, Patterson mentioned that some of it they had recorded already in a session in Memphis um, and other parts of it, they just recorded in their homes. And we theorized that Cooley just sent a guitar and told Patterson, well, the songs are in here. Get them out however you get them out. Um, and luckily, Patterson knows his way around a keyboard. So he was able to extract from some old beat up guitar that Cooley had mailed him to get this particular song out. Uh, Shani, tell the people what it is. The song's called Sarah's Flame. And uh, honestly, I just loved it the first time I, I heard it live. Uh, I knew you would. Um, and I didn't even, it didn't even hit me what the fuck it was about. Which is, um, which is incredible because while it is, and that we'll, there's a line in it that is obvious the second time I heard it, but it kind of struck me off and we'll talk about when we get there. But like um, even Patterson Hood, I was reading an article about the making of that record. And he, he said that when he was first approached by Cooley about this song he was working on, he thought, why now? Why are you writing a song about Sarah Palin now? In, which would have been um, 2020, 2019 at the earliest when this song, yeah. I believe, was written. Um, certainly after the events of Charlottesville uh, is when it happened. So, I mean, he's still, it's still a time where we had forgotten about Sarah Palin and uh, we had sort of recast the villainy of that party um, in a very different way. Um, but as he, as we talk about the song, and as Patterson says, he, he read the lyrics to the song. He's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense that now I, I don't believe that the intention of this is to specifically call out one Sarah Palin. I believe that the overarching thing is we want that the events of the past we were sort of laughed at and we took them as being silly then and we see where it got us uh, to the point where it got us to. So Shawnee, do your stuff. Yeah. Um, Before uh, you get going doing your stuff, like I always mm-hmm. do, or I tell you your stuff and I say, don't do your stuff. Please. Um, and it's going to be very tough for you to read the lyrics to this song. I can't yeah. even think the words to this song because this Cooley has a very specific register and cadence in his songs. And this is purely uncut, distilled Cooley. Oh, yeah. It's one of the few songs that I can I can sing along and feel like I have an okay voice to Mike Cooley and Beck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two different mm-hmm. two different uh, voices. But mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and it's even harder because uh, I've listened to the song, I'm going to say five to ten times a day, uh, every day for the past two weeks. Um no wonder you were thinking this one tonight. It's just so good. But, you know, I mean, Donald Trump was off Twitter. Uh, he was kicked off Twitter like two months ago. My blood pressure has gone down at least 10%. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt is no longer on Twitter um, <laughs> by his own choice. But um, they ran me out of there, Shawnee. They so ran you, me out of there by being mean to Phoebe Bridgers. And I said, no more, you cocksuckers. I'm out of here. Oh, yeah, that's right. She broke that guitar. You know, like no one's ever done before. Mm-mm, never. I guess we need to go get Chris Novoselic too, right? We just need to go get him and see what he's doing. <laughs> I think he's like a QAnon guy. Um, oh, please tell me you're being serious. I, I am. I am. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Wait a minute. We're going to pause the podcast please. real quick. Um, you're telling me, you're telling me of the three members of the seminal band Nirvana that I have always sort of looked at with a curled eye, like, really, this is the one we're going to hang out. But at any rate, one of them is deceased. Mm-hmm. The other is maybe the last giant rock star that ever will be. Yes. It's him and Jack White are the last two <laughs> mega stratospheric rock stars, something that clearly Nirvana 
their fame was, but certainly you would have certainly Kurt Cobain would not have wanted to be like, that's not what he wanted for that band. He would have wanted to be a Pixies cover band rather than <laughs> the biggest band on the planet. Yeah. Um, and you're telling me that the third member of that is a QAnon dude. Well, uh, let's just, uh, let me just read you the following paragraph here from his Wikipedia page. Is he Q? In June, in June, 2020, don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. In June 2020, Nova Selig made a Facebook post discussing President Donald Trump's speech in response to unrest following the killing of George Floyd. He called Trump strong and direct, but added that he should not be sending troops into states. Following criticism, Nova Selig made his Facebook page private, deleted his Twitter account. After receiving backlash from his original post, Nova Selig clarified as an avowed independent... Mm. I don't endorse any, a major party or candidate, and it feels insane to have to say this, but I don't support fascism. I don't support support an authoritarian. Oh my god, I need to wake up from this nap. <laughs> authoritarian state. Said America for the last eight years. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in a civilized society, and we'll, and we all have to work toward that. So, like you know, he's he's he was probably just trying to be like you know give the guy credit for once maybe i'm not going to try and justify it but like he backed off immediately i think there's other shit that he's i mean you know he voted for gary johnson in 2016 so and i don't even know who that is it sounds Um, like a mets third baseman (laughs) what we'd like to do with music podcast is um divide and alienate um multiple segments of our audiences so they never listen to us again um <clears throat> i just like to beat up on nirvana if i'm being honest <laughs> oh yeah um if you go back and uh <laughs> we'll get to the song i swear but if you youtube we're doing the very thing i was just rallying i know i know we were talking about other podcast. podcasts <laughs> for not not sticking to the script um if you youtube and i know you won't uh saint vincent covers... you lost and you lost me <laughs> St. Vincent covers Lithium. Uh, for oh, when, God. That's a for, soundtrack to hell. <laughs> for when Nirvana was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And the way Novoselic uh, introduces St. Vincent, whose real name is Andy Clark, uh, he, it's, it's, I don't know why it just gets under my skin. He just says, like, please welcome Andy Clark. <laughs> And it just like it, it it's like he's like unveiling like a like a magic trick or something like that. Um anyway, she fucking comes on and she's amazing as always and she fucking shreds. Um <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> um this song is is you know before we uh actually get to the lyrics, it it, it is about that Sarah Palin paved the way for Donald Trump, um, despite the fact that her politics and followers seemingly <clears throat> receded when uh, she and John McCain lost in 2008 to Obama and, and Biden. Um, <clears throat> it just kind of, uh, I don't know, it's just every single line that supposes how s- the Sarah Palin's trajectory is so good and probably 100% true. It is one of the most efficient songs I've ever heard because he does not waste a syllable. No. There is not a wasted word. Everything in here builds the point. Everything in here contributes to the story. It, there's not, and maybe maybe one will reveal itself as we go by it line by line, but I can't think of anything that's just thrown in there to fit the meter or to get to the next thing. Like there yeah. is no throwaway in this. In fact, it's so efficient. Uh, the song ends with uh, two verses slapped on top of each other. Yeah, like he said, look, I already <laughs> did it. I don't want it to be a minute and 30 seconds long. So fuck it. Y'all sing this part. I'll sing this part. Or that could have, that could have happened in the transition from his old guitar to whatever. It is possible that they just couldn't edit that out. If you, that's how mail, if you mail an acoustic guitar with a flash drive rattling <laughs> around in it from Birmingham, Alabama to Portland, Oregon. Some shit's going to go down, dude. It's going to get mixed Some up. Some shit's going to go down. Science. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, well, let's uh, let's get going here. Uh, this is Sarah's Flame <clears throat> by the Drive-By Truckers. Sarah memorized every bumper sticker on the back of every pickup with a rebel flag. Every morning, Stop! it's so hard to like sing. It, that's I, I, I can't I can't do this line by line. I've got to read it like it's a. Um, so already we're in a place. Um, you hear a trucker song, you hear that line. You don't know right off the bat. We don't know that this is about Sarah Palin unless not, we've read an article, but the first time you hear it, you don't know. And so now he's already conjured up an image that I'm certainly familiar with. 
you're certainly familiar with. Uh, pickup trucks in a high school parking lot with a rubble flag on it is not even, I, I don't even pause at that. I'm, quite frankly, if I'm being honest, I get wistful and nostalgic for it. Like that's <laughs> a piece of my life. That's that's Jeremy Jones getting knocked out in the parking lot in a big ass red truck. That happened. <laughs> like That's shit that happened in my parking lot. Um, and it echoes, you know, the three great Alabama icons of that you didn't know that football was uh, and a guitar was a poor uh, substitute for a football with girls in my high school parking lot. Like the high school parking lot is this touchstone for rural kids, sort of like the mall would be for kids that grew up a little more urban. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a different kind of nostalgia for me, um, just because everybody who there were like one or two nice guys who drove a pickup truck with a rebel flag in my mm -hmm. high school. <laughs> yeah, I had some too. It was fucking great. The other 98% were just assholes. <laughs> they were what they were. Men of a certain time and place. <laughs> um, and so Sarah Palin is, she was born but in 64. Alaska is the point I was trying going to make. Like, I don't, is she, was she born in Alaska or is that somewhere else? Sarah Palin was born in Sandpoint, Idaho, but moved to Skagway, Alaska when she was a few months old, uh, relocated to Eagle River, Anchorage um, in 1969. Oh, nice. And settled in Wasilla, a uh, city of which she will uh, be the executive uh, decades later in 1972. So all Alaska stuff. Now, do I know? Does Cooley know? Maybe it is, maybe it doesn't. I don't know if they had pickups with Hell yeah. Uh, rebel Hell flag yeah. stickers, but I bet they did. And that also echoes echoes the it's always nicer to play racism with a southern accent. It yes, ain't sir. just us boys. Yeah, they just had snow tires on the fucking pickups. Like that's that's the only difference. Sarah memorized every bumper sticker on the back of every pickup with a rebel flag every morning in the senior parking lot, every weekend in the fields with the windows hot. So and we're there. You know, she's, this conjures up feelings that, you know, she's like, uh, she's getting out of school and she's, you know, oh yeah, that's a phrase I'm going to use. I don't to... understand senior parking lot, but that's fine. <laughs> I, um, that, I, perhaps there is a place, there are places where different classes park different places. And you guys, maybe he had to stretch it out. Oh, that may be the one place where yeah. he's like, okay, yeah. Still yeah. works. But high um, school fits there every, every morning in the high school. That fits. So, I mean, yeah. I think he meant something with that. I just don't know what it is and and the way those guys consume uh any kind of political media there may be a story like that may be a direct quote yeah um, about a senior parking lot it, it does kind of conjure up the image though of what the rest of the song is and what for all politics is basically is just trying to impress other people and if she's in the senior parking lot that kind of implies that she's not a senior yes yes I would so agree she, with that. Yes. So she's looking up to these people, yep. trying to, you mm -hmm. know, impress them and people around them. <clears throat> um, every weekend in the fields with the windows hot, does that mean they're down? No, that means they're up and they's a fucking. Okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, Sarah memorized every bumper sticker on the back of every pickup truck. Uh, she learned how to work them into every sentence so that she made herself useful to the men who print them. All the way up in the balconies. Half the working class is clapping ones and threes. All right. So I'll have to explain that later because I've had to do that for two people in the last couple of weeks. Mean? The ones and threes. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, but uh, learning to work them into every sentence, uh, man, like I know that he is talking of this in the current time, but he did such a good job of summing up this fictitious backstory for for the Sarah Palin that we came to know in was that 2008 yeah. I guess is when that yeah. was um but Learned. her ability to just fire those things off and she did she spoke in bumper stickers like that's a I wouldn't have phrased it that way and I wouldn't have come up with that but that very is how she spoke very um, efficiently and honestly that's that's a big reason um <clears throat> if I can say this as un as unbiased as possible um it's a big reason why republicans win well lot. that's the other thing like clearly you are you your ethos certainly is left-leaning your politics are your politics but yeah, yeah. you're also a fucking expert at this shit 
like you you have a lot of your adult life dedicated to the study of this kind of thing so i mean you certainly know from whence you speak if you are explaining in political communications if you are explaining you are losing mm-hmm. um and if you're just saying where's the beef or you know my other my other ride is a broom or whatever bumper stickers you know if i can mo- move them into the apolitical uh, bumper stickers um you're getting your point across and you're on to the next voter yep and you've 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 related you've related to those people like yeah. you've like putting a bumper sticker on your car while it is sort of a nothing act is a something act because it's the it is the effort to go find a bumper sticker because <laughs> right now shawnee right now without the internet where would you go buy a bumper sticker exactly that pause is what i was looking for because i don't have i don't have a fucking clue where i'd just go buy a bumper sticker right off the top of my head (laughs) so that means you have to go seek out a bumper sticker you have to seek out a certain kind of bumper sticker you have to live in a place that could sustain a bumper sticker of a certain kind of uh of of quality (laughs) or a certain kind of messaging i should say um yes the internet existed but it certainly wouldn't have existed um, when Sarah Palin was in high school. And again, I know this is fiction, but at the same time, this is very plausible. And they certainly had bumper stickers that w- had messages when Sarah Palin was in high school. Um, but yeah, like it, it is a declaration of this is my stance on a thing. I have defiled my car with this thing. Yeah. And it's, it's also a thing that you yourself never see. It's not like a cool t-shirt no. or a hat. Like, obviously, you're wearing those things for other people to see them as well. But, like, you yourself don't get to look in the mirror and go, click, click, you know, fucking McGovern and and Sanchez 2002. That's not a thing you get to do with a bumper sticker. The bumper sticker is on the back of your car for the person behind you to have to look at while you're fucking driving around. It is a statement. I remember I got caught behind a a car in the, uh, uh, well, the 2004 election was going on. Um, because I had uh, uh, Carrie Edwards bumper stickers on the front and back of my uh, Hyundai Accent, and um, going, huh? <laughs> and a uh, a Jeep uh, driven by an old man like zoomed in front of me to get ahead of me at a, at a red light. I'm like, oh, that's unnecessary. And then I realized he had the um, <clears throat> whatever magazine cover it was on. It was famous at the time, but uh, it had John Kerry and it said "unfit to serve." Um, <laughs> after he had been swift boated so i guess what you're telling is this shit's been going on for a while yeah man (laughs) so that's that part of it um and then the next part half the working class is clapping ones and threes all right there's a lot going on in that line um half the working class clapping ones and threes what he's saying is half the working class is in agreement and he's also telling you that half the working class is white because they are clapping on the one and the three. And I've had this come up from two different people um, because I am, you know, music expert and race expert. Mm-hmm. People come to me for these things to ask me, hey, what does that actually mean? Because there's an Isbel song where uh, nobody here can dance like me, everybody clapping on the one and the three. Um, the reason that we say white people clap off beat is because often white people will clap on the one and the three. Music is made up of and it, it basically, the basics are it's made up of four beats. One, two, three, four. The downbeat is the four, is the two and the four. So that's where we clap. So when you see white people being off rhythm, it's because they start before they're supposed to, and they keep they keep going with that. They don't catch up. So take that for what it's worth. But that is what that line is telling us. There's a uh, there's a very famous um, <laughs> it's not famous there's just a, there's just a there's just a a, a a moment in time that stands out to me when I think about this and it's um, <clears throat> uh, my buddy Stephen Williams uh, whose song I believe we uh, we, mm-hmm. we took down of, of Facebook fame <laughs> um, on this on this podcast and uh, his uh, Christian rock band R J Whistler was playing at the Big Spring Jam in Huntsville Alabama which is a very old fashioned sentence um, and. I was so excited for this one. Like I, I actually enjoyed his uh, his band CD, um, and you know we tried to support him and stuff like that. And uh, there's this one 
part with like a like a kick drum beat or something like that and i was so excited for it to come up live that i found myself clapping on the ones and threes and now i don't i don't know what i do i think i'm a two and a four i think i'm twos and fours but i just don't know <laughs> i don't want to be a ones and threes that sounds lame it's pretty i mean if you maybe you should listen to more reggae I think the downbeat on the on a raggae song is at one and three. Oh, stop. Why are you pronouncing it raggae? As opposed to reggae? I'm not from the island, man. <laughs> I'm from fucking Alabama. You're Ross Trent. <laughs> you toil part-time at Jack Holstone Creamery. Fucking <laughs> me night nerds never want to clap that chord. <laughs> Skiddly, whoa. Have you ever noticed how a ballad song? <laughs> Isn't that great, folks, when a lily white man wearing a old Cleveland Browns jersey can correct a colored fellow on his pronunciation of, reggae. of the music style of reggae? A former owner of dreadlocks, by the way. Yeah, also true. Also true. Um, now that you mentioned my... Uh, uh, so we're, we're doing this over Zoom, and uh, uh, I, I had a plan to surprise you on this Zoom and uh, not have anything on uh wearing uh not wearing a top only wearing shorts <laughs> and i was gonna make this the the first ever topless uh episode of of cold dog soup and the throw the flag network um and then i then i saw myself in the camera it's like no can't do it i gotta shave my shoulders mm. a man of anyway. a certain age folks a man <laughs> of a certain age has realized he gotta shave his sh i'm wearing three tops so i'm cool <laughs> with mine I'm a little three top Hankins. That's me. <laughs> That's what they call you. All right, let me let me let's hit reset on this. <clears throat> uh, Sarah memorized every bumper sticker on the back of every pickup with a rebel flag. Every morning in the senior parking lot, every window, every weekend in the fields with the windows hot. She learned to work them into every sentence, so she made herself useful to the men who print them. All the way up in the balconies, half the working class clapping ones and threes. Okay. <clears throat> she had them here in old Dixie driven down, and every note of Barry's baritone. 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 Oh, God damn. That's such a... I like any line that references another song. Yeah, of course. I like any time former President Barack Obama is referred to as Barry. That tickles yes. me to no end yes. because it makes me think of Barry Billings, one of my favorite people, and that's mm -hmm. always going to make me happier. Um, but that's a, a loaded line of old. Uh, the night they drove old Dixie down, a song about by the band about the fall of... of in the Civil War of uh, Virgil Cain. Um, that's a powerful image. And to be able to cast that, that, hey, when you hear Barack Obama, it sounds like the end of your way of life. That's a pretty, and that's what she did. You know, that she was successful in doing that. Yeah, I mean, and of course, as a as a Democrat, you know, you're not going to win too many Southern states. He, he took North Carolina and Virginia both times, but I don't count. Basketball. Those, those aren't Southern states. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> She had him here in old Dixie driven down in every note and Barry's baritone, uh, you know, a politician with a, uh, a pretty unique uh, signature, deep voice, um, strangle holding pearls in the clutches of their liver spotted hands. I mean, I mean, it, it is. I don't uh, need to explain that. Like that, that no. does everything. Obama's going to take your guns. Mm -hmm. They're going to, he's going to take your stem cells. He's going to turn your kids gay. You know, he's going to, you know, uh, raise your taxes. And, in that particular section, it, musically, it's wonderful. His The, the melody is in, incredible. And the background vocals coming in to do a deep baritone when he, to, to echo baritone. baritone. And like I talked about, you know, not just shoehorning thing in to stretch the measure, and he didn't, but that's a difficult phrasing to get into that piece. Like he has to do some real roller coaster riding to get strangle <laughs> pearls. Like that's a lot of words. Strangle holding a, is a hard word to say yeah, too. To fit into a small space in that music, but he gets it in there. Uh, she made PC worse to mama than the mm -hmm. VD daddy. I, I don't think that's the right lyric. What's that? <laughs> I think that's the right lyric. I think it is. It's the next one. <laughs> No, is it is it written correctly? Read it again. Maybe I misunderstood. Read it again, please. She made PC, PC, 
Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So I heard a different letter. Go ahead. She made PC worse to mama than the VD daddy brought home from the rodeo. <sighs> rodeo. What a, again, what a great turn of phrase that is. First yeah. of all, to use PC and VD in contradiction, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, and the, the rodeo aspect of it echoing more to, you know, where Sarah Palin was, that feels like a much bigger deal in Alaska um, in 2008 than, you know, most other places, a lot of other places. Certainly rodeos aren't huge here. Obviously they exist in the contemporary American South, but they're not a giant deal no. in most places. But I feel like that would be a thing that might really still get over in Alaska just because you ain't got a whole lot going on up there. And just the ter- the phrase VD always tickles me. It's mm-hmm. just a, it, like, it's not, it's not something we really use anymore. I don't know why like when VD turned into STD, which turned into STA. What is that? That's a new there's, one. There's, there's a new acronym. Oh, okay. I, I forget what it is. Yeah, I don't know what. Venereal disease. Like what? <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to ask you, grammar expert, what is the definition of venereal? I think I know why it might have changed, but I want to confirm this with the definition of venereal. I don't think I, I I don't think I know a disease that is contracted transmission by sexual contact. I wonder if just because it started with a V that it was always attributed to the woman spreading it. Oh yeah. And that perhaps that's, or they could have changed it just because nobody knew what the fuck venereal meant. And so it was like, no, it's from being sexy gang. I, I think in, in the back of my head, uh, I've always just assumed it was like a synonym for genitals. Mm-hmm. and genital disease just sounds dumb mm-hmm. um and here it is man here is the line of the night mike mike it's my bite of the night uh she made it look so easy all fat donnie had to do was wear the pants and that was the one i didn't get i was like who the fuck is fat donnie oh. because in my mind i was thinking like calling him Donnie never that, that he's Donnie's a cool dude like <laughs> Donnie, Donnie, Donnie 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 is dating your sister and yeah, he, and you don't mind it and it doesn't matter that he blows like a uh, a jean jacket bong hit in your face right before yeah, <laughs> right after doesn't he, matter like Donnie's a dude you want to hang out with and so in my mind I'm like I'm and I was thinking like um like English Oceans and those songs from that album that are about a very specific political time that I'm not related to because it was before me. And mm-hmm. even if it was, I probably wouldn't have paid that much attention to it. But like, I was thinking, oh, it's just a guy that I don't know. Like yeah. there's some dude in this who's deep. And I'm like, and I was like, well, Chaney, this, and I was like, well, Don Chaney was here. I was like, no, he was already here. And then it dawned, I was like, oh, yeah. the president, Fat Donnie, <laughs> he wore the pants. <laughs> Fat Donnie, who's a, a White House physician, uh, came out with a report, you know, in 2017, recording his weight as like the exact pound that would be under morbidly obese. Just regular obese. Just regular obese. Just regular obese. I was very excited. That's the last thing my doctor told me. Well, you know, you're still obese, but hey, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Doc. So the next uh, year you're gonna put your finger in my ass. That's what we're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just under the cut. Thanks, you won't be awake for it. Make um, a girl wait. She made it look so easy. All that Donnie had to do was wear the pants. And I mean, it it really is. I mean, I still remember when when Trump came down the uh, the escalator and on the Simpsons. His, <laughs> his slogan was "Make America Great Again," and it's like, wow, that is the like bare minimum amount of effort that you can put into a like you're going to get a lot of dumb people with that a lot of uh, gullible people with that and that's exactly what the song's about but it's a wonderful bumper sticker yes exactly it's a damn good looking hat yeah like it and man like all right you tell me you're the political strategist of this podcast <clears throat> is that like a thing that comes out of a workshop or is that just something he says off the cuff and it goes because, and I'm, I'm asking that specifically for this reason. Um, obviously the phrase itself is wonderful. Like it, it does everything it needs to do. It is a wonderful piece of marketing. Um, but to be able, and I'm going to fuck this up. So you correct me. Um, 
is it initialization? Which one is that? What, what is MAGA? <clears throat> MAGA acronym. is MAGA. MAGA is an acronym. Okay, I think. So, th so like, like scuba. The fact that they that it is that it leads to a easy, pronounceable, and rememberable <laughs> and rememberable yeah. acronym makes it brilliant. Of course, yeah. From a marketing standpoint, and a um, you know a, a, a um, persuasive standpoint, it's it's very good. Um, leaving all the connotations and where the connotations that be there like yeah. just the, yeah. the phrase itself yes, absolutely but yeah do you think that that's the thing that they had before or did he just say it and then oh it sorry um uh, anybody else uh it would be uh you know someone would think of the first draft and then it would be workshopped and eventually like turned into a camel when it was originally a horse but um with donald trump i feel like it was just him rocket freestyle i can't get mad at the man for freestyle <laughs> I mean, if he uh, just spit that fucking thing out of nowhere, then I understand how he had a university built on stake. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and this kind of like, I mean, a, a big message of the song is, you know, the very, you know, familiar theme of, you know, behind every great man, there's a great, there's a woman or behind every man, there's whatever. Um, but you know, it's also not giving women credit for the work they do. Correct. You know, you can get into even the, you can you can even like take a not. Well, so he addresses it later. Like yeah, he addresses it later in the song. Like it is the like while it it certainly villainizes her. Um, it we villainize her because of our stance on it. I don't know that the song does other than one particular piece that we'll get to because I don't think anything he said up until this point makes her a villain. She read bumper stickers that were printed by some dudes and she used that to uh, make herself useful to the dudes that printed them. She didn't invent these sayings. She didn't come up with these sayings. She just repeated them in the most effective way. Yeah. Um, I don't think that a villain makes that might make no. a weapon, but I don't think it makes the trigger puller. What's a girl got to do to get a little bit of credit in a place like this? There it is. <laughs> For knowing night moves crowds would never heed the river's cautionary winds. I, I am ashamed to say I don't know what that means. I know what night moves are. I know what a night moves crowd is. As the river, I don't know. I, is there a Bob Seger song called The River? Because that would be the apparent connection he's making. Or is he talking about Springsteen's The River? That's what I was. Th I was thinking like it's a... Uh, people people at a at a at a seager okay here we go genius uh i'm not sarcastic you called i'm at genius.com uh sarah recognized that critical voting mass of the u.s boomer generation could be swayed by nostalgic sounds like the songs of bob seager's night moves and that few would take the time to think about or remember warnings voiced in albums like springsteen's the river and i'm just looking up i'm looking at the lyrics real quickly to bob seager's uh walking by the river I don't see anything there. Yeah, I, I, that's probably where he's good, but that's certainly what he's echoing. He's echoing two songs. And um, yeah, and I mean, it's the river's kind of weird, though. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm I was thinking the album. Yeah, because <laughs> like the album has like "Hungry Heart" on it and shit like that. Everybody's got a hungry heart. Episode one hundred and two. Say, Barry, you're the new big man. I got a colored president, he's playing the sax. Did that turn into if you if you think I'm sexy and you like, want my that's what Barack Obama, the new big man of the E Street band, was playing on their podcast. Mm, mm, mm. Um <clears throat> Knowing only mama's boys would claim involuntary self-inflicted rage. Tiki's would have never hit the streets if it weren't for Sarah's flame. That's a, that's a, uh, meaty, that's a meaty couplet. The pointed way that they come after the, the group of guys who would make up the incel community or mm -hmm. I, what did we have a name for the Tiki Torch guys? Like, was that a group or was that just a bunch of guys who 
decided to dress a certain way and carry tiki because they're not proud boys. That's a different bunch. No, they're um, not any. I, they're really not any of those cats that we saw running up in shit and stealing shit. Like they were a different. They were even a different bunch from them, at least aesthetically. From you know, from from what you just see it looking at those guys, like the tiki torch guys looked essentially harmless until they all got together. I ain't seen a fucking proud boy that I'd step to one-on-one because them motherfuckers look crazy. <laughs> <laughs> One of them. I saw a, a video of an initiation and... Um, initiation. The, the initiate. Sorry. No, no, you get that. I just can't believe that initiation is the thing that comes up. It gets worse. The, initi- the, the initiate had to name as many cereals as he could while getting punched in the stomach. Hmm. How many bunches of oats? Bang temptations oof oh temptations mm-hmm. that's a motown group oh fuck <laughs> that's a station excuse me temptations was a motown group hey <laughs> stations i believe was the name of them i like a lot of old series <laughs> uh speaking of how good how good are o's by the way i recently bought a box o's might be a top five all-time cereal it is 100 percent of mount rushmore cereal. it is it's uh, wonderful wonderful um no, I, I I don't know if there was one group. Uh, I'm, I'm sure one group, you know, wore the khakis, but I think it was just a conglomeration of, you know, your Richard Spencers, your Milos, your... God, God. And man, the thought of all those names that used to matter, yeah, um, they they stopped. Like, yeah. they, they were replaced by a nameless sort of faceless bunch. Yeah. Which is again the masterstroke of all of it. Like they didn't even they the snake ate the tail. Is this this isn't um, it? It is. Is it is it production malpractice on this record? Because wait a minute, is the perilous night and Sarah's flame back to back? Oh, I don't know. Because the perilous night has the line running down running down people running over people down in charlottesville and then this reference is well i mean to be fair on that record it's going to be hard to find a song that doesn't reference (laughs) no it's true but either like the summer or that that time yeah of course Uh, yeah yeah sarah's perilous night is four sarah's flame is five um yeah you might as well just so let's talk about that for just a second the new okay it's the new okay starts the record off and it is pure on here's where we are yeah um tough to let go is not it's a break and then you go unraveling and the unraveling could be anything because it's fucking defilippus who knows what he's talking about it's a good song but who knows what he's actually on about um and then you go sarah's flame or perilous night sarah's flame and then see i don't know so you they break them up they they try their best to break those songs up as much as they can because you and really honestly there is no other way for that to go you've only got one coolie song you've only you've got yeah cover and then you've got another original so yeah you kind of got to put them there um i feel like they kind of did that with um i'm looking at the big to do and go-go boots but i guess i'm thinking of <clears throat> the wig he made her wear being very on on the big to do being very similar um to uh god um the fireplace poker fireplace on, poker on yeah. go go boots two songs about the same murder on the hood reading the newspaper like <laughs> yeah. like you like to say <laughs> um but yeah the way that they come after those that particular group um i think new okay has a line about um about the okay hand gesture yeah about yeah, those yeah. cats and then you know um incels in that one and then um there's something perilous nights full of them too like they really and I, I and i understand why because that's the dudes that they're constantly fighting against being confused for you know what's very fascinating um and this is a little bit of a uh, non sequitur but I learned this week that Portland, Oregon, which is, you know, held up as this bastion of liberalism and, you know, is certainly where uh, um, uh, Patterson Hood lives. Um, it's name checked in uh, the, uh, the new OK or Perilous Night. And um, it, it is the <clears throat> number one city right now of the largest race disparity, race disparity. Without question. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's what it's like. It's. And it's Portland, this is really weird. Like Austin, Portland, Texas is one of them. Is seven. Portland is like the microcosm of white guilt. White guilt. It is. It is. 
it's eat. So I have a friend who works for a company that is based in Portland and she is very big into diversity issues. And she often finds struggles in talking to the people in Portland, not because they are people who are hateful, yeah. not because they're people who don't want to do the right thing, um, but they don't have the thing that Southerners have. We have to live with each other. Yeah. No matter what our ideas are, no matter how we feel about each other, there's very little segregation in the South. You're not going to go to, unless, you know, obviously some exist, so don't come at me with, what around if I live in goddamn paint rock? Yeah, yeah. if you live in goddamn paint rock, okay. Or if you live in, you know, Mason Court, yep, there, you're going to be diverse the other way, or you're not, not going to be diverse the other way. But in most cases, if we're going to Walmart, we're going to run into some different people. With Portland, it's, I've been there. And I didn't see a whole lot of people that look like me. It's it's the it's the stuff that you know. And frankly, I mean, you know, it goes to the same thing that everybody's biased. Everybody has in that implicit bias that they you know should recognize and try to confront. But like, I mean, I I've been guilty of you know, uh, in the same day, you know, having a conversation of you know anti anti racism, and then like be concerned if is that your a... dad's sister or your mom <laughs> anti racism. Um, and then, of course, like walking home from work and then uh, getting worried because there's a black guy in a hoodie in front of me and not a not a white guy. Yeah. You know, so worried that a police might shoot him. I get it. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, we but yeah, Portland is easy. It's easy to take all these stances in Portland because you're never really faced with them. Yeah. Now, look, yes. Are there black people in Portland? Sure. But no, you can. You His can name's spend, Terry. It's Terry and my friend Casey. He lives there. There's two. Um, and the Trailblazers, obvious. Um, <laughs> How does Portland have a professional basketball team? I, that, that still astounds me to this day. And, but that being said, you get outside of the circle, motherfucker, you cross Gresham mm. and you're into not only are into there ain't no black people around, you are into these motherfuckers might take over a government building with yeah. rifles. Like it is heavy out there and when shit gets stirred up it gets real heavy because them cats out there have got guns and they're fucking crazy um i live by one rule in portland if i can see that damn mountain i don't need to be there because once you get out of them out of the skyline of those buildings and you can see clear and see that big ass mountain in the distance yeah you better take your pictures now because we are going back inside the perimeter <laughs> it ain't this ain't the place for us out here if i can't smell a voodoo donut I better get my black ass on somewhere because they got plenty of places to hide me up here. Plenty of places. But yeah, but that's, and that's part of the deal where like the truckers are, and look, I, I want to not care about this stuff. I would love to stay above this shit. I don't sure. like to get bogged down in the muck and the mire of it because I feel like we spend a lot of time talking about talking about it. Mm -hmm. And we never do anything about anything. And part of this is all just human nature. It's like you just said, um, one of your best friends in the world is black as the ace of spades. And he, <laughs> you, you, you give him your bed when he comes to your house. Mm -hmm. But when you think about the person who's breaking into your house, you're probably thinking about a black dude. Just because human nature, that's just yeah. human fucking nature. Um, but the truckers, when I look at, when I, we would watch those concerts. I, 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 do, I, do, I do, I'm sorry, I do have to stop you uh, uh, and, and correct something. Um, in my mind, if somebody's breaking in my house as uh, by virtue of all the horror movies that I watch, it's it a is, monster. It's, it's, it is definitely a white person wearing a, 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 a like a Cupid mask. Fair, that's okay. fair, <laughs> that's fair, that is fair. <laughs> That's fair. But like to see the audacity of hope on Cooley's shelf. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not because I doubt Cooley, but because I know where Cooley's from. Yeah. And I know what a statement it takes to be Mike Cooley, to have Mike Cooley's job, to have Mike Cooley's voice. Yeah. And <laughs> to to put to to literally say, okay, we're going to forfeit our own well-being, because I'm here to tell you, 
if the drive-by truckers wanted to write the kinds of pop songs, if Mike Cooley wanted to be a very rich Nashville songwriter, mm-hmm. he certainly has the chops to do it. Yeah. If Mike Cooley's wanted to funnel so- if Mike Cooley wanted to funnel songs to Luke Bryant, he could do it. He has the turn of phrase to write those kinds of songs very well, but he doesn't for some reason. Mike Cooley made the decision that Jason Isbell didn't make and didn't have to donate a big check to the NAACP because a guy from East Tennessee said nigga on a video. <laughs> like that's the difference. And like, yeah. that's one of those things I'm like, man. And I mean, I they, don't know if everybody understands it Cooley, but I sure as shit do. Yeah. I mean, they, they make these choices publicly and privately, uh, you know, every day. And I mean, you know, certainly you see the blowback on Twitter of every, every single, uh, you know, political tweet from Jason Isbell. Uh, where people, you know, say, man, I, I really wish y'all would just shut up and play like, you know, mm-hmm. like fun, fun music again yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. I don't know. It, does does an artist have any, any, um, like, do they owe anything to their, to their audience? I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming either side either. I'm not blaming anybody who says, there hey, are man, very I can write good songs. I'm sides. trying to get this check. I'm not blaming you for that. No, but no, I'm no. also going to give credit for actively saying yes i'm not going to get this check for the sake of i want to do this the way that i want to do it and like this song is it's incredible it's an incredible song and it's going to garner them zero new fans like it's not like it's not even going to get them an M. It's like you you play the mentally challenged person to to win an Oscar. Like this isn't even going to get like a world's greatest grandpa award. No, it's not going to get a world's greatest grandpa award. Um, they are they are servicing the people who already listen to them, but they might be alienating some of them too. Because yeah. if you came into the truckers on Southern Rock Opera. Mm-hmm. And then you hung around for fucking uh, Decoration Day and Dirty South. Like, you're getting punched in the face by these last three. They have decided we are not going to make as much money as we did the year prior <laughs> because we're going to make these songs for this time. 100%. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're listening to... Uh... <clears throat> um southern rock opera you're you're getting ronnie and neil um i think right next to birmingham um and uh um you know they're talking about how neil young didn't really understand people you're down waving here. the banner you're waving the you are waving the rebel flag without waving it yeah you know like on that the only thing i can think about like on southern rock opera is Patterson saying hate's the only thing that my truck would want to drag. It ain't about no this, it ain't about no flag. But even in doing that, that line is so buried. It's not as overt. They made a choice now to be completely overt about their thing. Like they would code it in some ways. And they certainly, they were certainly, they certainly never wrote songs that were counter to what they're saying now. No. Um, some people would hear a song like Cooley's, oh man. Uh, Bob, they would hear Bob and they would hear homophobia. They would hear the line in uh, Zip City about it takes all 20 to keep the closet door yeah. closed. And you could read homophobia into that. Um, I would think that his later work has proven that he was just telling, he was storytelling yep. in those. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to you to decide. But they are not hiding anything now. It is completely <laughs> out in the open. Boy, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh, shut up and dribble. Um, <laughs> but but this thing here is, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, man, it it jumps way up in the Cooley quality. Like, it might not be my favorite. Like, there's there might be times where yeah. I'm, like, I'm not going to be thinking about this song. It is pertinent now. It is topical now. It's not Zip City. It's not Women Without Whiskey. You know, right. it's not Three Downs Down. Yeah. But as far as just a masterstroke of writing a song, telling a story and encapsulating a time that we really that so much shit happened, 
so much shit has gone on that even his own bandmate didn't recognize why this song would be important and to pull that thread out to arguably tie the more times together. Sorry, ar- ar- arguably the more politically inclined one didn't. Without question. <laughs> Without question. Like Cooley writes about politicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Patterson politics. writes about <laughs> politics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to pull this trick off is it's just incredible. It, it is, really is. It's the standout song on the record, mm-hmm. on a record full of standout songs. Like there's really good songs in this record and there are more powerful songs there, but this motherfucker right here. Um, and, and part of that is through its economy. Even sonically, there's no big guitar solo. Yeah, It is relaxed. It's just guitar, drum, low key here and there. Mm-hmm. And they harmonize. And like I said, they repeat the last, part of it yeah um after the fact so it's really just kind of like half a song half the song is original material and then the other parts of it is repeated uh but goddamn it's good yeah and uh you know i I actually i'm I'm not gonna read the rest of it just uh you know it it repeats you know the, the the first two verses and layered on top of each other but it's um and it's also fun somehow this song is additionally such a fun, fun song like I don't know why it's fun to picture a 15 year old Sarah Palin, like with, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say like, where's the beef? We're going to say 18 year old Sarah Palin. If we're picturing anything. Yeah. Let's not isolate what I just said and (laughs) use it against me. Oh my God. Um, But yeah, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to, to kind of, you know, just, I mean, I don't know. Just everything clicks in the song. Yeah. And uh, might it be completely, false a complete misrepresentation probably maybe 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 nothing of her life was like that however yeah. it is certainly believable what he has come up with uh amber Colazzo, i'm going to say to you directly <laughs> you ever watch that playlist young lady you're playing a dangerous game you go from phoebe bridgers to gangs of youth uh a you're gonna cry and b you're gonna catch the eye of this fella that's what's gonna happen to you <laughs> I think that's uh, just as good of a, a place as any. A uh, PSA. A PSA to, 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 to one Amber. She would murder me if I said her middle name on the air. C. <laughs> but yeah, folks, I'm going to tell you. Um, if you are not quite tired of the times we're living in, <laughs> or you would just like a fun summation... Might I recommend the new OK by <laughs> Drive by Truckers? Because it's a real swell album. Clocks in at a, at a lean trim 36 minutes. It is a, a small investment. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast, I have a feeling your politics are not going to be contrary to what it says. But if they happen to be, um, just look at it through the eyes of these are stories. Um, and there are certainly stories that happened. And be careful because we find out at the end of the record the Ku Klux Klan will abduct your baby this has been Code Oxygen.
Parking lot.